Hi, this is Manufacturers Make Strides, Episode 7, Capacity Planning. I'm your host, Martin Griffiths, helping manufacturers solve problems since 2009, bringing you the tools and techniques to work smarter, not harder. And in this episode, we'll discuss capacity planning. So in this video, I want to take some of that expertise and look at the subject of capacity planning. And the reason for that is because it comes up a lot in discussions. So see a lot of manufacturing managers, operations uh, directors and managers just having a lot of frustration, to be honest. Uh, And I think it's there's some trends that have been happening. You know, products are getting more complicated. Lead times are reducing. Product mix is increasing. All those things fit together to make uh, production planning and capacity planning more complicated. And I think some of the maybe work been possible in the past to get by with paper-based and Excel-based systems. As those things get more complicated, the system starts to struggle and people start to get a bit frustrated. So in this video, um, I just wanted to go back to some of the principles and techniques of capacity planning. Just kind of recap and overview those. Um, hopefully to give you an idea um, of what type of technique is a good fit for your, based on your type of business and to use that as a, as a tool when going forward and looking at what systems, uh, what things you should be using to better do capacity planning in the future. Um, and some of the information from this video has come from a really good book called Manufacturing Planning and Control Systems by F. Robert Jacob. Um, so there's a good top, there's a good chapter on there on capacity planning. I've kind of just taken out some of the key principles from that and put that in an easy to uh, understand way. So we'll get into some of those some of those topics and techniques now. So the first capacity planning technique is overall factors. And in these techniques, I'm going to start with the simplest and go through to the more complex. Overall factors is the simplest, the quickest and the roughest estimate of doing a capacity plan. And it basically, it just uses uh, historical order and uh, labor and machine efficiency data and just let you estimate into into the future based on those historical trends. So it's very easy and the calculation is quite simple. You're just really using accounting data. Um, and what you would typically do is have a look at the orders you've had, uh, the order volume that you've had like in the past year or past couple of years, see what machine capacity and labor capacity was required to fulfill those orders, and then use that to predict into a future, into the future, if that uh, order volume is changing, whether you need to increase or decrease your labor or your machine capacity based on that. Um, It's very simple, it's very quick. It's, it were, would you use it? It's good for manufacturers who have um, quite short lead times and low work in progress. Um, there can be some inaccuracies in the calculation, but they're minimized if there's low lead times and not much work in progress. So just-in-time manufacturers or supplying to a just-in-time uh, like OEM, this type of calculation is quite a good fit. It doesn't really do any breakdowns of different work centers very well. It just really gives you an overall manufacturing capacity plan 
Um, but it's a good first start for getting a rough cut estimate of what you need overall to meet your order volume for, for the next month, year, um, that kind of time frame. The second method is capacity bills. This is still, this is similar to overall factors. It's still a rough estimating method uh, for the next month, year at a time, but it takes into consideration the different work centers. So this requires a little more information and data going into it. So it needs you to break down the product mix that's going in into the bill of materials uh, and to, do, to have routings and to have standard times for each of the operations. And then what you would basically do is take the order volume uh, that's coming into the manufacturing plan, uh, break those products down across the order mix into the times taken to complete each of the operations, um, multiply it out by the order quantities, and then you can get capacities for each of the work centers that that order has to go through, and then an overall total uh, capacity plan for the, for the whole factory. The benefit of a method like this is it does give you more insight into what happens at each work centre and if you have some uh, specific work centres that are either under or over utilised, um, it helps you identify bottlenecks up front and maybe shift resources around uh, to flatten that out to help you, be, to, to help you have a more optimised uh, plan. Um, so situations where you would use it where you have a more uh, complex routing or where you've tried the total factors method um, but you've found some work centers are underutilized, it would then be a good point to go into this. Or where demand isn't as constant as flat, where it's more cyclical, um, it helps you again just break your, the, your operations down into those different centers. Uh, so that's capacity bills and that's the next uh, stage of capacity planning. The third method is resource profiles. Uh, and this is quite similar to capacity bills. It, it just builds on that next method, really. Uh, it takes the broken down capacity over work centers, but it then adds in uh, time scheduling. So take, for example, a product uh, that needs to go uh, a machining operation, and then a cleaning operation, then an assembly operation. Uh, so the first method probably wouldn't have taken into account the machining the, for uh, the cleaning for the assembly or the cleaning operation to happen. Machining has to be uh, completed within its time frame. Maybe a little dwell in between, then cleaning can happen. Uh, resource profiles will take that scheduling into account, uh, and it will plan it out across the work centres with those kind of staged sequential operations. The benefit of this is you get more accurate capacity planning per workstation. The first method, uh, sorry, the second method, capacity bills, will probably lead to you underutilizing your work centers. Uh, doing resource profiles will make it more likely uh, to get more accurate uh, capacity understanding per work center, so, so it'll let you load them more effectively. Um, it's a more complex calculation and it does require more data going into it um, to understand what the scheduling should be. But the benefit would be it can help you more effectively uh, utilize your work centers. The situations to use that, I think, are where uh, you have some potential, where you have some clear bottlenecks um, and you really want to make some work to, uh, to, to optimize those as much as possible. 
So the fourth method is called capacity requirements planning. And this is quite different to the first three methods. The first three methods could all be done in an Excel spreadsheet, really, or um, yeah, with some kind of offline method. Capacity planning requirement is, um, is a much more accurate short-term forecasting method. It uses live data from an MRP system. Um, it uses the same, it's based upon the same type of calculations that we uh, talk about in resource uh, profiling. Um, but it uses, it takes much more data, so it'll take into account from the MRP system uh, actual orders uh, coming in to the MRP, orders placed for materials, it'll take into account stock that's been already built and available. So for example, if there's some, some uh, subcomponents that have been built to stock and they're immediately available, uh, it will discount the need to manufacture those. Uh, and it can also take into account uh, things like scrap, or any components that get used as part of service orders, things like that. So it's so it's a live, it's a real-time calculation, and it can lead to much more accurate uh, schedules and forecasts uh, down to the down to the to a daily or weekly schedule. Um, so it can give you much more accurate results. But the, 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 the downside to it is it requires a live interface to an MRP system. So you have to have that uh, MRP system installed and up to date and accurate. Uh, and it requires that data going into it. When to use it, when you've got that up to date MRP system and you th it looks like there's potential to further optimize and you're looking for that next stage improvement to get your work centers and your factory output optimized um, to start bringing your lead times down and to uh, stop bringing your machine and your labor utilization up. So those were four techniques for capacity planning. Um, it, we can then go on to two kind of follow-on topics to that, techniques to that of, of scheduling. And um, we've got two things to talk about there. We've got finite production scheduling and advanced production scheduling. So let's go into finite production scheduling. This basically leads on to capacity requirements planning, um, but it's a, it's a technique of taking all of the orders in the MRP system and trying to load them into, based on the master production schedule, and basically load them into all of the works orders to come up with a detailed production plan for the whole factory and for every single worker, workstation uh, within that factory but down to every day. Um, so it gives you a kind of a full utilization and a full usable plan to manage your factory um, week by week, day by day, and week by week by week. Um, it doesn't do, so if you come up with, a, if your capacity plan tells you that you're under or overutilized, um, it won't really do anything to help you with this. So it's up to you to go in if you find that there's an underutilization uh, uh, problem and that you have too many orders uh, for to be completed this week, but you don't have the capacity, then it will just slot those orders in for the following week or times in the future. That may lead to them becoming being completed after their due date, it would be up to you then to go back into the system and increase capacity by maybe running some overtime uh, shifts um, or reordering production to manually move things around. Um, but finite production uh, capacity scheduling 
will basically just slot, take your capacity plan and slot live orders in as and when uh, it sees capacity for them. An advanced production scheduling system gets used when there's a very complex uh, bill of materials. So a situation that quite frequently happens is uh, end products uh, in a manufacturing company are reliant on uh, kind of sub-assemblies and sub-components that are also manufactured in-house, that have their own bombs, their own routings, and that may go down, you know, one, two or three levels. Uh, having a system that can kind of drill down um, and expand all of that is where, is where advanced production scheduling systems come in. Finite planning systems struggle with that, and finite planning systems can only get around that challenge really by, uh, by adding in extra time or by uh, adding in under capacity on certain stations just to account for that. Um, because the issue that happens there is if you have like five components that need to go into a product and they're all 90% complete, uh, at that point you don't have any product because it's only ready to be completed when every every last component is, is finished. Finite production scheduling systems can't uh, cope or process that information, but advanced production scheduling systems will kind of drill down into the full bill of materials, expand it all out, and then come up with a, a detailed uh, plan with very little, with as minimal works in progress and as little time uh, opportunity for error as possible in the schedule to get that completed as fast and as efficiently as possible. It's quite comprehensive, it's quite complex, there's not much room for error, but there can be potentially massive upsides to it. So it's been demonstrated that lead times uh, can be reduced by about 85% using an advanced production scheduling system in, in situations like this where there's a complex uh, uh, bill of materials. So there can be massive benefits for using it. However, the, 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 the other side of that is there can be a fair bit of overhead and you do need quite a lot of data. Uh, the, the extra amount of data that needs to go into your MRP system and the scheduling system is steps up another level. So the benefits are there, but there's some, uh, there's some trade-off of extra time and information into setting that up to begin with to set that all up. So that's advanced production scheduling systems. So let's just recap and summarize what we've talked about in this video. There are four methods and techniques of capacity planning. There's overall factors, which is the simplest method, uh, best for just-in-time production where there's low, uh, short lead times and low works in progress. Next, there's capacity bills where it breaks down into the different work centers and splits out the routing uh, that helps you when you've got fluctuating order volumes. Next, there's resources profiles, which then takes those work centers and that routing and splits it out sequentially. Uh, and that helps you to optimize the uh, capacity utilization at each of the work centers. And then finally, there's capacity requirements planning, which is the most comprehensive and uh, accurate of the methods, but requires you to have uh, an up-to-date and alive MRP system in place. And then following on from that, there's two production scheduling methods. There's finite capacity uh, scheduling, which, is, uh, which takes all the orders from your MLP system and slots them in as soon as possible. 
uh, and then leading on from that there's advanced production scheduling systems uh, which help you which where you've got complex uh, products with lots of uh, sub-components or sub-assemblies it breaks all that down and leads to much more optimized production scheduling and potentially can cut your lead times quite significantly Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Manufacturers Make Strides. For more tips on how to work smarter, not harder, within your manufacturing career, or if you'd like to reach out to us, visit our website at metasautomation.co.uk. Until next time, goodbye.